Already started. Hey everybody, it's Ian King, athlete advocate, coach, educator, and founder of King Sports International. Today we are going to be talking live to KSI coach at the level two level, Jason Lamont. Jason, we just need to get you to come live on your audio. So at the moment, it looks like Jason's got some tech issues. Jason, um, I can see you, but I can't hear you. So let me check who else we've got on the line. Jason, while you sort out that tech issue, um, you might need to close it down and come back in. We are live on the KSI Coaches page. And I'm encouraging you to send me any questions on Facebook Messenger if you have any. So I know we have Victor Chan on the line with us. Victor from Singapore, a level six coach. Thank you, Victor, for joining us. And it looks like Nick McCallum, a level recent four, a level four graduate. He's just had that experience in Park City. He's just joined us. And Brogan Jackson also. Brogan, I believe, and you correct me, um, have you stepped up into level one recently or are you still at level zero? That is something you can clarify for me. And Jason is now live with us. So let us go uh, off mute. Jason, can you hear me? So, Jason, you've got a mute button. You've got to unmute your mute button. That's uh -huh. it. There we go. Technology. I can't say I'm a whiz at it, but we'll get there. <laughs> Okay, sounds great. Okay, Jason, so I've already introduced myself. Um, so it's your time to introduce yourself and then we'll get into a bit of a chat. Okay. So tell us a bit, give us a 30 second version. Who is Jason? Okay, uh, Jason, I'm uh, in Canada. So it's uh, 10 to 11 right now at PM um, on, the, on the east coast of Canada. I'm originally from an island off the uh, east coast of uh, Canada, Newfoundland. Um, I am, a, I guess, uh, my first strength conditioning position was in 1996. I met you uh, in 2000 at Swiss. Um, and uh, yeah, that was the second Swiss. I think we spoke about that. Um, that was a while ago, um, but it was a great conference. I still remember that. And then uh, I did occupational therapy as a degree. And so I've been working sort of in that capacity and in physical preparation. So kind of trying to link the two uh, from mainly working with injury and uh, physical training. Yeah. Excellent. So just one of the reasons I was keen to have a chat is that I've been watching your progress. Um, mm -hmm. You've through level zero, level one, and then level two, yes? Yep. I just submitted so my uh, son. Go, go ahead, so Jason. I, I just submitted my assignment, another assignment there. Oh, you're going through it so quick. Yeah, so you've caught my attention. Um, you know, when we when we see people that we feel that our what we're delivering is really well suited to what they're looking for, when we think the match is really good, we get a lot more excited than when we just see perhaps someone who's collecting information or wanting to tick a box, mm -hmm. maybe trying to add uh, you know, a little bit more, another feather to the cap, rather than trying to find, find solutions to life. So. Been very impressed with your reflections, this particular level two where you get to express yourself more. Oh, thank you. So I've got some questions. I, I'm keen to learn. Um, it is possible that, and, and I know there's an, a, a case study of one, a sample size of one, but it is possible that when a coach has had a little bit more experience, a little bit more 
water under the bridge, more uh, time in the trenches, whatever word you want to use, that they, they get a better realisation of what might be missing in their professional development. So you got your first job uh, 24 years ago, 23 years ago, yes? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, well. But really, you, you, you got exposed to my my content um, 20, oh, 19 years ago, in your third before or fourth that. year. Actually, before, before that. that yeah, I, I, actually, uh, I actually read your material. I got your material before I even met you at Swiss. Uh, so I would have known about you before 96. Yeah. So, which, 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 and I'm very impressed. I said there aren't too many of us left um, in the industry, so to speak, um, who paid our dues before the turn of the century, which was quite a significant turning point in the history of the world. Another discussion. Um, but you know, why did it take you, and this is not a criticism, this is just a question, um, 20, 23 years to start the KSI Coach Education? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think, I think it's some of it's just my own uh, journey and discovery of coming back full circle to it. Um, so I've worked in different areas of, uh, you know, allied healthcare, and uh, I would say seeing the holistic nature of everything. So, I, I mean, I guess I'm a, autonomy is a real big value for me, and so I'm a big believer in self-efficacy. So going through a period of, um, this might be a longer answer than before, but going through a period of seeing, um, you know, how in healthcare we, you know, we fix people, um, uh, and that didn't resonate too well. Um, to then seeing the role of the holistic nature of of how the process evolved, and then and then coming back around to your material and seeing it in that light, I guess. Do you know what I mean? So early on, when I would have read it, it would have been more from a physical preparation standpoint. Um, Whereas, particularly as I've gone to the level, seeing it more and more in that holistic nature of, of your mentoring process. And, and I'm keen to learn because, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. One of the possibilities is, um, you know, we just don't compete well in the marketing space, maybe. Maybe that's it. I mean, you go back in the 1990s, when we started the Coach Education Program in 1999, we were, we were at best one of two, if not the first, um, to deliver through the internet in coach education uh, to, to a global audience. Uh, but despite that, we, we, we certainly don't uh, have any claims to being the largest or the most followed. So in, in part, it might be our um, failure to uh, give people opportunity to learn what we offer. Um, another possibility is maybe what we teach is, you know, the, the young puppy is not ready for. Maybe the young uh, professional hasn't faced the, the trials and tribulations of their career to, to resonate with the material. So there's a lot of possibilities, but I was just keen to learn um, your journey, and obviously your journey was you, you know, you, you, you went through different, as you said, allied professionals in the health industry and, um, you know, you come back to this spot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, but I also think that there's, I mean, it would have been nice if I had done this 20 years ago. Uh, I wouldn't have known that you did it then, to be honest. Like when I met you at Swiss, I, I didn't know if you had done it. Um, but I can't say that I would have been ready for it then. Um, but at the same time, I think in hindsight, like I was saying to an, a younger individual, that the holistic aspect of it is actually so important because I've learned some of these things kind of um, the harder way, I suppose. Kind of like what, mm -hmm. you know, some of the lessons that you've described, where you were in your 30s and you realize, oh, if I don't work, I don't get paid. Um, 
And so I think some of those components to it, um, you know, have, uh, I think if people can see that earlier on, then you can start planning for it early on. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're always impressed when we get a young person with wisdom, but, but then we realize that chances are you might have to have five to 10, five to 15 years in the industry before you, you uh, are no longer distracted by the shiny objects that make the loudest noise. There's no shortage of them. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, definitely you don't market much. Not in the way that I would see the newer marketing. You, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, I mean, I think if if uh, and you know people want to be people are and again you discuss these things, but people are probably more likely to be attracted to that shiny thing um, mm -hmm. and and promises without necessarily understanding that that may not deliver in the end or may deliver for a short term. Absolutely. It's um, it's tough. It's tough to people to hear that you know maybe their body weight is all the load they need at the moment, or you know, maybe they're going to a bar one day. That's a joke. Um, when when you can all these uh, fancy toys that they, they they feel they need to be playing with, and all these fancy new techniques and therapy. So, do you spend most of your time in physical preparation or or, or injury rehab at this point in time? Mostly injury rehab. I um, it, it's interesting. I just I just uh, finished assignment, and and it's interesting where people would see a line between physical preparation. And this is not my line. Uh, I would have seen a flow more like I've come to the same like the conclusion that you would have had, you know, 34 years ago. I guess I've seen it myself that intervention, you know, rehabilitation and performance are all integrated. Um, mm -hmm. So, so in in people, I see what people do is they go and beat the piss of themselves, um, you know, like doing like the CrossFit or whatever it might be now is very trendy, and then they go and get injury like rehab. Because they've not done it well through the through the training, right? So, so I have some people that I uh, develop training programs for. So that would be focused on injury prevention as well. Um, and then some people just come for me for injury rehab. With you know, the ideal is where they progress through that again that phase of like uh, rehabilitation to then moving them to training from that individualized aspect. Absolutely. So, you know, back in the in 1980, I was exposed to the American NSA conduct for the first time. It was all about performance enhancement. And then I realized there was more to it than that. And then I realized that there's no separation between the two. And in fact, if you don't fix one, there is no performance enhancement. In, um, I wrote in my winning and losing book, the 1997 version, that physical preparation coaches should take on a greater role in the, in the injury prevention side of things. And at that point in time, nobody was... Um, doing it nobody was really taking notice and I think you said that the, when you went to Swiss in 2000 was probably the first time you heard at that stage someone in physical preparation promoting uh, such a role of injury prevention and the importance of injury prevention as a, as a holistic integration in physical preparation. Yeah for sure because you, you were integrating physiotherapy techniques and I'll say it that not to be uh, not to be uh, mm -hmm. diminished yeah. but I would have I would have only seen those kind of things like say the motor control stuff in mm -hmm. Like some of the text or Kendall stuff, and you know, in in the muscle testing in Kendall's mm -hmm. text, um, that you would have been integrating that at that stage um, as a part of training, right? Which is really the key thing because you're actually trying to make um, make the individual better. I think again, people. Again, I would say probably Charles was a big believer in this. That Charles would promote the strength of his athletes, Polokan, right? So. 
having read a lot of his material, he, he would advertise through more strength, but that didn't necessarily mean that you're going to have less injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a longer lesson for me to learn, I suppose. Um, okay. yeah. Good. We're glad you learned it because a lot of people haven't learned that lesson. Uh, there's two parts there. Firstly, I, I, I learned a lot from the physical therapy industry uh, in the early 80s. I spent so much time in there, um, unfortunately, learning the hard way, but I didn't go there with my eyes closed and my, and my mouth open. I went there with my mouth shut and my eyes open and I took a lot of their concepts, but I felt that there was a too big a gap between physical therapy and physical training. And I closed that gap and I integrated them. And that's where the whole, you know, control drills concept came from. And whilst the world's embraced um, the use of activation drills before training, the, the understanding is so poor that they may as well not be doing them. They're not really contributing in the way that I intended when I, when I promoted that concept. Um, but we're still struggling as an industry with the concept that if we make a muscle stronger, we must be a better athlete and, and we're going to solve all injuries. Um, it's, it's just not going away. Uh, the focus on hypertrophy uh, and, and strength of solution, like almost exclusively when you look at a rehabilitation paper published, it's talking about how to improve the strength of the injured muscle. Now, the muscle's yeah. not weak because, because the muscle's weak. The muscle's weak because it was inhibited. Solve the inhibition and you'll solve the problem. Like just doing more of what caused the problem in the first place is not going to solve the problem. Um, I, I was reading a thread in an email amongst a whole intellectual group of people who some of them I've got a great respect for. But the amount of time and effort they, they, they talk about improving strength of, of a muscle that's been affected by injury, like we're not going to solve the problem if we miss the target. We, we just, as, a, as, a, as an industry, this, the, they're off target. They're just a, a great lack of understanding about why the person is demonstrating a weakness in the first place. But anyway, I, I digress. I'm sure you <laughs> No, I love it. Yeah. No, I can see the passion. It's fantastic. I, uh, so, I have a case. I, I, I can hear your passion for it. Uh, so it's great. Um, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I have a colleague of mine who's a physiotherapist. Can you hear me? Yeah. Well, yep. Go, Jason. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just to illustrate this point and uh, she has a son and about a year ago he st- he's he's a he's a hockey player and um and i might have referenced one of this and anyway he um he started training under a strength conditioning coach and i warned her um i said you know he's gonna get hurt um mm-hmm. you know because he was he was only 14 at the time and no background in strength conditioning and um within a fairly early period the coach had been uh, pushing the heavy strength training and see the numbers, right? It was really pushing the numbers. And, um, and just, uh, about a month ago, he, uh, he, uh, hurt his back and I suspect, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a disc, discogenic, um, injury or so early on. Right. Um, yep. yeah. And I just wrote about this. I said, listen, I'm, I'm, in, I'm completing my fourth decade, um, in this industry. And I've got a very clear position to look over and, and look at the injury patterns you know, without being able to provide exact statistics. I don't think anyone who's got good statistics that would cover any sport thoroughly for, for four decades. But based on my empirical observations, which are very objective and very um, unshaken, the injury patterns are very different now. Um, I, I was talking to a, uh, an athlete yesterday and I said, listen, what's your, what's your injury your cohort? And he said, well, of the 40 in the, in the two top tier squads, about 10 of them have had knee ligament injuries this season. So that's 25% in one year. So within a four-year period, 
100% of them are going to damage their knee ligaments. Now, I went through a period in Australian rugby, and this is rugby is the sport I'm talking about, for a decade where we couldn't, we wouldn't have to take our shoes off to count the number of boys that had a, had knee surgery for the whole decade for, for three provincial teams, and including the national team. The injury changes are so, so substantial. And you know, just look at powerlifters from the 70s and 80s now, comparing them to powerlifters of the 80s and 90s, and comparing them to post-2000 lifters. There's only two explanations, because the game hasn't changed. There's only two explanations for this. Number one, the way strength and conditioning has been conducted. It didn't exist for most athletes back in the 70s and 80s. The way it's being done, and, and that's a story in itself. The second thing is this anti-stretching um, phenomenon that swept the world post about 1995, which is completely misguided. Um, and we can obviously that's a discussion in itself as well. But you take those two key elements, two key elements, and the minute a child or a young athlete or any athlete says, "I'm going to now embrace strength and conditioning in my program," I can say, as you have said, you are going to be injured within the next four years. You will probably have surgery. Now, that's tragic, and it's not the sport. But mm -hmm. this is like the frog in the boiling water. The temperature's rising slowly. The frog doesn't know, doesn't care, stays in the water. The world thinks this is normal. Everyone keeps saying this is normal. Or the last one I read. There's a boy who's going to miss the Rugby World Cup because of a hamstring strain. For fuck's sake, a hamstring strain. Really? You know, we, we learned how to solve them 40 years ago. But anyway, um, he's going to miss the, the World Cup through, through, through a hamstring strain. Like, and the, and, the, and the reason given for it, he must have run over too many black cats. I mean, that's as good as we got in a world that, you know, threw the Bible out allegedly so many years ago. We've come back to it's a curse and you ran over too many black cats. Like, <laughs> There's no hope for athletes until the world turns significantly on its on its appreciation. Listen, we've got to say the injury is epidemic. Injuries in sport are epidemic, and they are. I'm starting to see some signs of that. I'm starting to see some mumblings about that. There's only the next problem is what will be their solution? Because if the solution is off track, they'll never solve the problem. If they if the hypothesis is failed, now let's go through some of the hypotheses. One of the best ones I read lately, it's, it's the Gatorade they're drinking at halftime that's causing their ACLs to weaken. Like, I don't know what weed these people are smoking, but it's not going to work. Um, you know, they need more proprioception. You know, they, they, they need more strength, et cetera, et cetera. We've we got a massive problem in the world. But anyway, I'm on my soap opera, soapbox again. Sorry, Jason, <laughs> I, I get a bit carried away. No, it's great. So are, are you are you of the and, – and I get a, a sense of this from your – from your uh, lessons, are you of the opinion, because you mentioned that the two explanations, no stretching, which is obviously your, you know, uh, uh, stretching is so important. Um, in, and the idea of strength training, is it that you don't believe strength training should be done or it's how it's being done in the sense of too much loading too soon or? Strength, strength training should be done. There's a time and a place for everything. I'm not anti-strength training. I'm just anti the way it's being done. And let's let's be real clear. The American influence strength training is based upon strength training for American football. Yeah. Now, and if and, and at first I thought it didn't matter. You know, in the 80s, early 90s, I thought, well, it's a semantic. It doesn't matter that that's the influence. But the more I've watched, the more it's become clear to me that they, it, it's difficult to lose your origins, and that influence still remains. So this is reality of American football. Body weight's a big issue. And not much else. Uh, strength, power, and, and few of the boys, a bit of speed. Very few of them touch the ball, and very few of them run more than four, five metres. Now, I know I'm being a little bit simplistic, but the bottom line is if there's any limitations in the protocol of that strength training, you're not going to find them out as much. 
But the minute you take those same protocols and run a bit further, run a bit at higher speed, you're going to find out real quick. And that's the same with powerlifting. Powerlifting is, you know, going up a stair instead of an escalator is, is the greatest challenge that they're going to be conducting. So they can have all the imbalances in the world and they're not going to come out. But the minute some of those more popularised American powerlifting methods came into existence, say in Australia, I watched the ACL and shoulder reconstructions go through the roof. So it's not strength training is bad, it's how you're doing it. Now, let's be real clear. The average teenage athlete in Australia, in, in a talent identified or say an A-team a, a squad in a private high school, will spend 50% of their total training time in the gym at the age of 14. So between the ages of 12 and 15, 12 and 17, they all spend 50% of their training time in the gym. For me, with an elite athlete, an elite adult athlete, who has, in a impact sport, at the peak of our strength component, in the GPP, we may hit 30%. That's a short period of time with an athlete who is advanced. There is no way in the world that an athlete who's got to deal with technical, tactical, psychological, and physical development should be spending 50% of the time in one of four physical qualities. 6% of athletic components gets 50% of the time. Now, not only is that making them a worst athlete, that's amplifying the imbalances that's in their program. So. Yeah, it's just the way it's been done. Not, the strength is great. The strength has always been great. It's just, um, you know, how can you give someone with minimal training, and when I'm talking about minimal training, I'm not talking about whether they've got formal qualifications. The cause effect relationship to physical preparation, athletic preparation, is not developed in a, in a formal institute. The only way that you're going to understand and integrate the complexities of all the variables of training is by, in the practical sense. Like even the concept that you know strength makes you know if you do this it makes you weak and therefore you shouldn't do it. It's just just a reflection of how limited understanding of all the variables that contribute to athletic preparation. Now strength training has the greatest ability to change your neuromuscular system than any of the other three physical qualities, and yet we give that license to someone who doesn't have the understanding of what they're doing to a human being, and we say go ahead. Get that child, get that 12-year-old and 14-year-old and 16-year-old, and, and in 10 years' time, it'll be an 8-year-old, 6-year-old, 4-year-old, I can assure you. Anyway, at the moment, it's a teenager. Get that teenager. You have free reign to do what you want with that athlete. This person has no idea what they're doing. They don't know that what they're doing, the implications two years later, four years later, six years later, eight years later, ten years later, they don't know the implications to, to skill development. It's, you know, and I'm not saying we've got a solution, but... We're sacrificing our children because we aren't trying enough to get a solution. Yeah, it's. it's um, I think it's. Uh, it's. It's interesting you mentioned that because I had the conversation today where uh, an individual was talking about some local strength coaches and they said they mean well. And I said, yeah, I don't think anybody ever means poorly. I just don't think they understand what it is they're doing. Um, the effects, right? My 13-year-old daughter said to me yesterday, she said, Dad, why are so many of my friends getting injured in their sport? And I said, because their parents don't know any better. Their parents don't know that what they're doing, giving their child into that environment is, is hurting them. And their physical preparation coaches, their strength and conditioning coaches, don't know any better either. So I said, I, I, I don't want to be too critical, but as your parent, I'm, I'm going to be your advocate. I'm not going to allow you. And all my children have been denied selection in high school teams because I refuse to allow them to do the, the school's physical preparation. Now, the fact that in Australia that we've got a tall poppy syndrome going on and that, that they 
the physical preparation coach with two years experience looks at me with 40 years experience and says fuck you Ian we know better that's a real problem in itself because it wouldn't happen as much in America Americans have a great respect for achievement Australians are very socialistic but the bottom line is no parent should be giving their child to someone who's going to wreck their body without giving it further consideration but you know there'll be you know there's it's a lifetime away from that realization mm. yeah so Jason, I, I've taken away. I've dominated the conversation. I've done it. Open Winfrey. I'm sorry. Um, talk to me. So you've enjoyed the you've enjoyed the KSI coaching program. Yeah, yeah, um, very much. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is like. Is, I think for me, um, as I learn things, I think there are several things I would take away. As one is, uh, you know, um, learning learning um, how to coach. As, as, as I think, as you said in your feedback last time, is understand the difference between reading and doing. Um, I would say that uh, teaching younger people, I've observed that they can watch me do it and then they think they know how to do it because they've watched me um, and then struggle when they have to do it themselves or can't. Um, so I think that that's what I, I'm looking forward to in this program. Uh, you know, in the, in the, for instance, like I think that level three, level four is a great opportunity to actually learn uh, to do um and to date I, I found that a lot of it as i learn things I, I reflect more now because there's more to draw on and there's more the, the, the devil's in the details so to speak so yeah. i i see more in the details the nuances of what you say so it may be something that you know um i see more into it um than i would have if if i had 10 years ago or you know, you know what I mean by that Jeff? Well, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and our coaches will say the same thing that once they read it a multiple times every time they read it they'll see something that they didn't see before in the same word so that's a reality. Yeah yeah exactly and so so I mean there's a lot that I've taken away from that perspective um, I mean again like I, I think I've learned from a lot of different people um, and so learning from you to see how it was all integrated would have saved me a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> um, because um, you you put a lot of things, if I've read like a lot of different sources, they're all, you've summarized them nicely even so far in the, in the first few levels. Um, yeah, so so it's, uh, it's nice to take it away and then reflect on, I mean, some of it's, you know, you also have to challenge the belief systems, as you said, in some, in, in, I think it's level two. I don't think you touched on it so much in level one, but in level two, there's more of that would be in challenging some of my own beliefs. Um, and sometimes that's difficult for, 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 for ourselves. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, it takes reflection. I'd appreciate your feedback for that reason because you, you offer me feedback, but your feedback also adds. So you summarize and reflect. Uh, my quiz and then you um you actually also uh add extra yeah and i, I certainly enjoy reading because you're, you're in the right place at the right point in time so quite a few points here the, the, the theory and the practice and the integration i'm the integration first i don't think anybody else and, and I, I don't mean to sound egotistical it might be an australian but an american i'm just talking normal stuff um i don't think anyone else has quite got the integration worked out um, I put a lot of time and effort. I've had a lot of good influences. I spent a lot of good time with um, some really, really um, smart people who have given me some some, some guidance and areas. Uh, but I put it together in a way as a practitioner can, um, because if if it's not integrated, if it's not holistic, it, it's not real world. It just doesn't work. 
you know, you, you can make someone, you can push their numbers up in the gym and say, wow, I've done my job, but you could be destroying them. You, you could be reducing their long-term athleticism. You could be increasing their long-term injury risk. You could be shortening their career. Uh, it's all good enough. You, you've got to take the big picture. And you know, the big picture is a simple word for holism or integration. So, you know, the integration goes right through the way I want you to stand and sit, is the way I want you to walk, is the way I want you to jog, is the way I want you to run, is the way I want you to lift. There is no, what I call seamless integration of all physical and athletic qualities into life. Um, you know, it's a very big picture. It takes a long time to come to terms to, it's been a long, um, a lot of reflection to build it, um, but it's there. It's there and it's there for people like yourself to, to take advantage of. Um, as far as the prac side of things, when you get to level three and four, it's, it's, it's all about prac after that. It's, when I set out in, in 99, I wanted to make um, global access and, and the internet provided that. So I went with the theory and you know, the level one then and now it's the level zero. Um, but at the same time, I recognised the limitations of the theory and the limitations of a you know, right and wrong answer, you know, multi-choice question, etc. Believe me, they don't exist from level three upwards. It's, it's real world. And the lessons in, in the prac are not just in um, your professional application. As many of our three and four candidates found in uh, Park City a month ago, there's a lot more lessons that we're teaching in our level three and four, which will change you as a person and change you as a professional. And again, nobody's doing this stuff. Nobody's doing that. Um, so if you ever get down to the, the level three and four camp, um, you're going to be in for a treat because it's practical. It addresses your decision making uh, in your, you know, it's how you pile together a program or, you know, how you decide to speak to someone when you, when you decide to say a cue. But in addition to that, um, there's a lot of personal development, uh, financial development, business development. It's, it's holistic in a way that is reflected with the time and energy and money I've invested in um, allied disciplines. So I'm a big, big, a big fan of our level three, four programs. I'm sure we've got a few people on the line here that have been there. Some of them have been there multiple times. So, did you notice the difference between zero and one? I mean, I think when you, when you did, did you, you did zero and then you said, Ian, was it you, Jason, who said, was level one, you said, I've read most of this stuff before because you'd been around the block a few times? Yeah, I think I think I would have seen, not, not all level one because you, um, or level zero, um, but I would have, I would have read a lot of your stuff before. I think, as I was saying, like I found you before Swiss because I got my hands on some of your. So this was before we had internet. Um, mm. I would have got I would have got my hands on some of your sports science articles. Hey, listen, uh, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but do you have part three of that 1992 or 1993 series? I'm trying to find part three. I this, don't. You know, I, I I looked around once. I, I I found that other stuff, like the other stuff, uh, Polokan stuff, and I found Swiss stuff, and I could not find. I had a a, a few articles like the plyometric series that's what i'm talking about part three of the plyometric yeah. series yeah i had all that i i'd actually i had to track that down that was brutal trying to get all that before internet so i would go into the library and and i was i was going through uh sports coaching canada um because you know it was a it was a practical it was a practical piece right so i can't find yeah. it me. i can't and i i look for it since and i i can't track it down um, is that journal still running? Is is sports S P O R T S still running? Uh, not that I know of. I haven't seen it. And even trying to find back issues, I've tried. I've struggled um, even through the university systems because um, I tried to go back and find some. Because there was a lot of gold in that stuff. Um, Absolutely. Well, and uh, I just want to get that three-part article. 
Yeah, the third yeah, part. I've got the third clue. I just need the third one. If I find it, I'll, I'll definitely forward it along. Um, Sorry, yeah, I, I interrupted you. So you'd, you'd, re- you'd read a lot of that. And so um, it even at the level one, I think the level zero, you probably, there was a few business and holistic concepts. Where the intent of level zero is to, to lay down the foundations of give people opportunity to get an insight into where we're going. I mean, it's 97 bucks. You know, a lot of tie kickers can do it. Um, take it or leave it. But the intent is to give you a broad insight into what might, might to follow. Are you happy with level zero? Yeah, well, I, it, for me, it gave, I, I guess I would say that, as you said, there's some people probably read it and go, ah, whatever, and then quit. Um, yeah. You know, that would be my guess. Um, but, I mean, for me, it gave me that perspective of understanding where you were going. Um, it, it's like a roadmap. Um, so I appreciated that. And then having read your other material from obviously over the years uh, and how good that was for me, how much it resonated like just the physical preparation alone I'm referring to, I could see that there would be value in that, right? Um, so like, for example, like just using, a, a, you know, like personal experience. Um, when I was training and I would use your guidelines for sets and reps, my progress continued, my motivation continued, but then I would say, okay, uh, you know, these people say you got to try more volume. So like, again, using Charles as an example, Charles is a big advocate of more volume. Um, but then things wouldn't go as well. Do, do you know what I mean? So um, it's kind of like sometimes we skip over our own sense of how we might, um, what we notice ourselves for something that actually somebody tells us is better, even though we know something else is actually better for us. Um, yeah, very, very charismatic storyteller, some of them. But, um, you know, if, if you'd seen me pick up the pieces on some of their um, – some of their athletes, so I, I get to see firsthand um, the implications, and I get to learn earlier than most. Most of them have people have to do, I try and do it themselves and find it ten years later. But when you pick up the pieces like I have, and you, um, yeah, you, you get some insights that I, others just don't uh, aren't privy to. So level one, I think I went deeper in level one in some of the content that has already been a public domain. Did you find that in level one, some of the subjects went, went into a deeper explanation? Um, yeah, yeah. Each level's progressed um, to to some degree. Um, yeah, like I mean, it, I'm trying to think now because I can't access my level one or zero now. Uh, Therese has been trying to help me out. Um, yeah, we've got a tech glitch. We're working on it. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? So I, I mean, because I've done them um, relatively. Each level I've found okay. Like, let me put it this way: I found each level is worthwhile in the sense that I want to continue <laughs> um, yes. because I see more value, right? So, um, but let's say level two now, I'm, I'm on the last lesson of that. I would say that there's more reflection here at this level, right? Mm-hmm. So on level zero, I'm completely on my own. Uh, I'm going through it, right? It's just a multiple choice, as you said. Mm-hmm. Then level one, um, it's, it's a little more in depth. And um, and then level two, and now um, it's more depth again. It requires more re- self-reflection. Um, the, the quizzes are different, and uh, and then your feedback comes with that as well. So now you're involved in that process, and, and again, that's really valuable because um, you get to take advantage of your experience in that. Absolutely. So I'm intrigued because 
I can see where your mind's at, and I can see the value of, of what you receive, and I can see the value of the, the possibilities for the future. But I'm also been around the block enough times to know that humans make their own decisions, and humans are attracted to whatever they want to be attracted. So, we, you know, we, we take the rewards or the otherwise um, of our own decisions. So, it's very interesting to see where you, you, you go moving forwards. Um, I can see what you're looking for, and you're so close. Um, in front of some areas because you've had the life experience to know what's missing in your in your in your professional business model. Mm -hmm. um, it's just going to be interesting to see because everybody, you know, it's like acceleration. Your, your, your top speed's determined by the point at which you stop accelerating, and your competency is determined by the point at which you choose not to, to learn new skills or to, to when you choose to stop emptying your cup and say my cup's full, I don't want to put any more in it. So it's going to be interesting because. Even though you might feel that you, you, and you have come a long way, that you might feel that you are a long way up the food chain. As far as the possibilities, there's a hell of a lot to go, but um, that's not always embraced. And I, I, I get that. You know, there's it's everybody's own journey. It's not for us to tell you what your journey is. But, mm -hmm. um, I've certainly been in, uh, impressed with what you've done so far, and it'll be interesting to watch you moving forward. So, what do you, what are you, what are you thinking as far as your future KSI courses go? Well, well, thanks again for that feedback. I, I, I mean, I have a little bit of story about Swiss as well, uh, if I can share this. Um, Absolutely, love stories. Is, is uh, when my buddy and I, um, he was actually a good friend of mine, he's a strength conditioning coach, and he still is. Uh, he works a lot in St. John's, Newfoundland, um, still in that field. And uh, I think of him a lot as I read this as well because he's, he's a little older than I am. But we both came up uh, after after we had attended your uh, workshop and picked up a book uh, from you, one of your books. He, he purchased one of your books. Um, and so you didn't have the book. You had to get, get it in your room. And I think Teresa went there, maybe somebody did, uh, to go get the book. But we had a great conversation with you. Um, and what I appreciate about it, and this is an offense to others, but some people on the weekend, they weren't, they, they, you know, they were, you know, they were doing, they were presenting, but they weren't as outgoing or um, they weren't sharing their time as much. I don't know if that makes any sense. Whereas I know my friend and I, when we, uh, my friend Jerome and I, we walked away after uh, speaking with you and we were just uh, blown away by uh, how, how really great you were. Um, you know, um, so so I share that experience, um, which is impacts on how I look at this process as well, um, and, and, and sort of offer some 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 background on that. Um, I would say where I go with it, the, the value for me is in the mentoring to, uh, you know, in that process going forward. Um, I, I mean, I'm moving through these levels because these are reading levels, right? Um, it's, it's easier to move through these levels. I don't see the same sense of that at, at level three and four. You know, well, that's not going to be the same. There's still, you know, then I'm a rookie, right? So it's it's easier for me to move through the other stuff uh, because I've, I've read your material, I've read other material, um, oh. like so some stuff you're recommending. But as I move forward, then it's like uh, uh, the journey begins anew for me, which I'm looking forward to. So, uh, well, that's it. That's a great point because, and we're always trying to put more gears. You know how in motor cars, you know, when, when I was a young man, if a car had three gears, you were pretty excited, and now they're up to like seven or eight in the gearbox. Um, we always we always want to smooth the transition between the levels, and that's why we introduced level zero. In fact, we started out with just the one. Um, 
it was basically the level two course that it was. It was called Foundations of Physical Preparation. It was packaged um, in PDFs in 99, and that's another story. Um, so we're always adding new levels and putting new. So I'm always wondering, are the gears smooth enough to take you through? Because there is a jump from level two. You do level two in the comfort of your home. Level three, you have to get out. You have to make a bigger financial commitment. You have to leave home. You have to pay for your travel accommodation, and you have to be willing to go out there and hang with a bunch of strangers for a week. Um, do, you do you think we've got enough gears in there between level two and three? Well, you, I guess you haven't done three and four, so it's hard to say. But you know, what does it take a person to have the commitment to say, I'm going to go to Park City? Because we're only running that event once a year at this point in time. It's in our next year will be our 17th year in a row in that same location. So we had a bit of continuity there. But the question is, do you think it's too big a jump between two and three, or are you comfortable with it? Uh, personally, I'm comfortable because I'm open to that jump. I mean, uh, I'm looking for that jump. If, you know what I mean? So I'm looking forward to learning from the other coaches. I'm looking forward to learning from you. Um, so, so in that sense, um, I'm coming with that mind and, and knowing that going through this process right now, um, of that's where I see more of the value is taking advantage of this experience. Um, you know, so, so again, that's why I appreciate your feedback here at level two. Um, because it's easy to move through those books. So for me personally, I'm okay with it. Uh, I think your other coaches, you know, would would offer uh, as much input or more input than I would uh, because I haven't done level three and four yet. But I'm looking forward to it for the reason that it, I expect I'm going to be uncomfortable. It's a great experience, and um, I'm just always keen to learn because there's a there's drop off at every, every every level, and I just want to make sure that we we, we don't have a too big jump. But You'll be able to give me more feedback after you've gone to it. But once someone does go to that experience, then um, they know what I'm talking about. It's, it's unique experience. The other thing I just want to touch upon is that we do provide a lot of um, video material as you go up the levels. I don't know if you've noticed that, but every time you go up a level, your your video content in the learning support library goes up. Yeah, I have. No, yeah, I've checked out the level two library. Yeah, yeah, I've watched a, a, a fair bit of it in there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it, it offers more detail I suppose into what you're doing you know it's a, a little I found that as the, the the library adds a little more detail yeah you you offer a little more um, in the area of physical preparation for instance in the video library in level two compared to what I saw in the earlier level absolutely and that that would basically the volume doubles every time we up a level at least uh, I, I just wanted also just a it's something that we're conscious of that sometimes coaches think that that's the only video that we've got. The, the fundamental, the specialization videos, for example, um, yep. even though we stopped some time ago, they are still the fundamental thinking uh, that is not replaced and is not intended to be replaced by the videos in the library. Yeah, I bought the injury video a long time ago. Um, and so that was a great video. Um, so I don't have the others yet, but I, I'll probably pick those up now because I have a bit of a gap. So I'll, I'll continue to learn from those. Um, the other specialization videos now, as this winds down, um, that's what I'll probably do next in preparation for the next uh, for next summer. Yeah. So what we do is we make uh, qualifications to purchase those those videos. But there's for for the full physical quality specialization, you got periodization integration um, uh, recovery video. Um, there'll be a few others. I'm not sure. I can't remember what level we allow um, 
the injury prevention video now to be purchased at. But so what I just want to remind you and anyone else listening to this that the to the, the uh, volume of content we provide on the um, library now, people are perhaps overlooking that. But it, you really want to have some of that under your belt before you come to camp, so you can optimise your camp experience. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, I've got I've, I've I've seen that much already. I mean. Uh, just your material. I mean, the other area that isn't covered well in other areas of physical preparation is speed, and that's something that I re really enjoy in your in your lessons so far, um, because it's done. And as you said, like uh, it's training speed, and most of them they're sprinting. <laughs> uh, you know, like so. I think I use the example of a goalie. I worked with the summer, and she was she had a training program from the university. She was she had a scholarship, and she was a goalie, and she was getting. She was out doing sprints, 40 and 60 meter sprints. Um, so I, I didn't see the sense of that. Um, but but so yeah, I mean, looking for that speed, uh, looking into those qualities uh, again. And I, I think we chat about uh, uh, Charlie Francis, um, Ben Johnson, and I, I enjoyed Speed Trap. Um, I read that again back in the around when that happened. Being Canadian, obviously Ben Johnson uh, was was a uh, was a big deal for us, um, but he was a he was crazy strong that guy. I mean, uh, powerful. I guess is the better word. Um, but I have an interesting story about that. I have a client in mind who knew somebody involved with that whole process, and he said what happened was uh, he was talking about how Carl Lewis showed up with a bag of money, <laughs> so he had one suitcase for his um, for his uh, clothes, and then the other one, the one full of money. <laughs> Yes, it's, um, people really knew what was going on. Yeah, a lot of um, lot of lessons there to be learned from from Charlie Francis' understanding of speed. But uh, very good point. Uh, speed speed uh, treatment in in physical preparation is is only one step ahead of um, one step behind, depending on how you want to paint it. Flexibility. Now, flexibility is non-existent. Speed may as well be as well. That's how poorly it's being done. So. If you are generally interested in speed for sport, then you'll love my approach because it is not a track and field oriented approach. And that's been one of the limiting factors of uh, speed development in physical preparation or strength conditioning since I've been involved, that, that what little is there is so tainted towards you know, running in a straight line, knowing where your end point is, um, yeah, pretty irrelevant. Um, I actually just wrote a, a piece last night to uh, our KSI athlete, uh, Olympians and other athletes uh, private Facebook page talking about celebrating 30 years of speed application in the sport of rugby. So 30 years ago I introduced a renegade speed group and um, you know, I did what I always do was push the envelope a little bit and I pissed off people and ran an alternative speed group to the mainstream offering that the franchise was offering and uh, wasn't too popular uh, got a lot of, a lot of uh, flack for it but the athletes who, who trusted me and embraced what I did 30 years ago replaced the athletes who didn't. Uh, and after that, nobody argued. Um, and it was just a lay down mazaire. It was just accepted that you know, if you don't do my speed work, we're going to make you redundant. So it's, it's been a journey I've enjoyed. Um, I love working with Charlie Francis, love his approach. I've been taking, taking my approach to every sport um, and adapted speed for every sport. So. Um, a lot of the stretch only cycle work I did back in the late 80s, early 90s, and published that in that three-part series, Canadian Journal. Um, it was very um, seminal in developing my concepts of, of speed. But um, if you like speed, then you're going to like uh, what we do because 
sport speed is so diverse. Um, if you have a look at my specificity continuum, you can understand the role of speed. It, it has to be so more specific to the sport than than is done. So we have no uh, no concerns about being dominant in the speed department because everyone else is still playing track and field if they're doing anything at all. So the, the word you mentioned before, you enjoy the mentoring. It's an interesting point, and again, I'm I'm into talking about this, but when we started when we started out, uh, we introduced an online course in '99, and we started doing boot camps. Now the boot camp concept I took out of the personal development um, industry. I'd attend a lot of personal development boot camps, financial development boot camps during the throughout the whole of the 1990s. And I thought I'd introduce that concept because I wanted to provide an environment where more uh, personal development would occur, more emotional changes, emotional maturity would occur, um, giving an intense, say, three-day environment rather than just doing a one-day seminar or a two-day nine-to-five seminar. So we, we created a concept called you know, Boot Camp and we applied many of the developments that I'd been influenced through the personal development industry. Um, that concept was copied within four years and, and, and diluted and bastardized. Uh, but what we learned from that process is that people got a lot of value from that three-day intense program. But they said, Ian, you know, a year, year later, said, Ian, we love what we did, but it's worn off. We need to, we need, we really want you to mentor us moving forwards. And I think you use those words per se, but they just wanted more regular guidance. And there was nothing in existence in the industry uh, to fill that void. So I looked around and I looked at a lot of different models being used. Uh, influenced heavily by Brad Sugars and his business coaching model, but I didn't want to uh, emulate that completely. I wasn't totally comfortable with that, with that. So I created up a concept called Coach Mentoring Program. And we released that in about day three, 2003. Uh, it took about two years then to be imitated. And you know, within a short period of time of that, everybody was running a mentoring program. But th that's where it all began for the industry. Um, I, I was, I guess, I mean, humans just imitate, that's what they do, but uh, it gave a bad reputation to to the concept of mentoring because you don't have mastery. What are you teaching? You can't teach something you don't have mastery of. And and this whole um, era that we're in, where experts academy, you know, um, you know, come down here, learn to become an expert, monetize your your. You don't need to know how to sew, but if you write a book on how to sew or how to knit, let's say knit, this is a real life story. And in that marketing, they would they were jokingly boasting about the fact that the people were making money about a book on how to knit uh, and a series of course on how to knit but they never knitted in their life and they thought it was funny. Uh, if you if you're if you think that you're gonna succeed in life by taking cash short term out of people's pockets, uh, go and knock yourself out. But if you if you if you want to have a long term solution, um, even financially or if you want to have more purpose in life, then teaching something you don't don't jack shit about is not gonna help anybody. Um, so the the um, the explosion of everybody offering a mentoring program was pretty tragic for me, uh, considering I started the concept. I'm just throwing that in there to apologise to the world that it was not my intent to everybody go and run their own mentoring program. But believe me, we're still running the program. Um, started in '99, so it's 20 years now um, it, since we introduced the boot camp and the, and, the, and the foundations course, and refined it a lot since then. Um, and you're you're being part of that, and also appreciate Jason. Your 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 feedback is contributing contributing to shaping it, and that's that's important because we just want to keep doing it better. If there's a better way, we want to adopt it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's great, and uh, I agree. There's a lot of people like you can see in social media that they really don't do so much um, because they're they're even too young sometimes to get the experience. Um, and so uh, I think I've heard from several people now, the ones that are really doing it well aren't on the internet talking about it. Um, so that that uh, that sort of sounds a lot like what you said as well. 
Absolutely. You know, America's most successful strength conditioning coaches measured by championship rings. You don't even know his name. So that's uh, that's the reality of it. And, you know, no one would have known who Charlie Francis was if we hadn't helped him rehabilitate back in society and, and have the confidence to share his knowledge again after the Dubon inquiry, but that's another story. So we've got a few people on the call. Um, we've had quite a few on the call listening in and hope it's been valuable for them. I know Ron has his hand up at some point in time. Ron, I'm only seeing that now. If, if you did have that question, you're on you're on mute control yourself. Go ahead, Ron. Hello. You're live, Ron. Yeah, uh, Jason, just a, just a couple of things. Um, it's it's a two-part question going down the Singaporean route. Um, this uh, when you touched on the speed, um, what what I uh, I really took from the camp is we had the opportunity to see and teach speed, and the the higher level coaches said that we were in a very lucky uh, it was a lucky lucky break for us because normally I mean you don't get to see that sort of thing, and he changed this this young athlete's technical model in, in about 10, 15 minutes. And it was just, it was so amazing to watch and how he did it. And like, we were all in awe about it. And then we, when we went back to the higher level coaches and they told us that, we told them that, they said, wow, you are very lucky to see that. But that's, that's, not, that's not really a question. That's just a statement about if you're looking to go to camp next year, I think maybe you should book it tomorrow because I think the spaces will be filling up quite soon. Um, my, my question is, um, my, I, I met with my friend in Houston, and uh, he's, he's involved in the health and safety side of things, and he showed me his platform, and it, it was called like Move Smart, um, and when I looked at it, it was very, very much military-based, and I know you're in the occupational health side of things, which... I, I do a little bit of. Um, I took my my friend uh, for a session, um, obviously based on the knowledge that I I uh, picked up at Park City, and he said, "Wow, this just this just blew him away." So, in in this current in, environment, and uh, there's a lot of stresses in that in the workplace. Do you think a military style influences is uh, suitable for that, or do you think it's more we go down the, the, the stretching side of things and more of the injury prevention. So I know it's a long-winded question and I hope you got something out of it. Um, am I still talking? Yeah, Yeah, you're live, Jason. Oh, okay. Um, technology. Um, yeah, so uh, thanks for the question. And uh, I, think you, I think you made the comment, Ron, uh, that it's great to have somebody a little older in the group now um so i think that was your comment on facebook so thank you um yeah so i i don't i don't like i'm, I'm an occupational therapist but i i do more of a, a rehabilitation of injuries i'm not so much in the workplace itself but i have a history of that i've been in there i would say that my view and why again why i like ksi's approach is the holistic bit but the individualized nature of it so you know if you can deliver like was the value that you derived, that would be my question, the value that you derived or you provided to your friend, was that because you were able to develop something very individualized to him? And uh, and that's where I see where I think there's a lot of value is providing an individualized approach to people um, because everybody's a little different. And so 
we can look at all kinds of these confounding variables or these different things that contribute, but you know, everybody's a little different and everybody's level of confidence is a little different and how we, then again, I think what we learn in KSI is how to, I think Ian just mentioned it, is how to have a conversation with people at the right time in the right way, um, you know, those kind of things. So, so I, I suspect, you know, I'm, my question goes back to you now. Is it, do you think it was because it was an individualized thing that if I've understood your, your comment correctly that your friend was blown away by what you did? Um, do you think it was because you were able to deliver such high value uh, yourself? Yeah, I think that that was the case, and um, he he comes from a military background as well, and and um, he has had a couple of knee surgeries, and uh, it was as I said, it was more more an individualized program, um, and he felt the benefits from it, and he and he obviously took that um, and and said like, well, there's a lot of people that need this sort of um, training as such. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think I think that's it. I mean, I was in the military as well at some point. I was in the military reserves in Canada, um, you know. Um, but but it was. I mean, I would never uh, say that that was a good approach. These group fitness programs, um, you run the you drop and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> but but the individualized nature of things, um, I think, uh, is, is probably my view on again why I'm a, why I think it's the value. And I guess a question back to Ian would be, I think one of the things I, I see is that you can have this lovely approach, but it's not a boss. It's how do you find the clients that will pay for that? That's because um, people want it, but then you have to, and it delivers high value, who pays for it? Absolutely. No, I know that question was coming because I've, I've read between the lines on your on your reflections from level two. So I'm, uh, two, two things I'm gonna say, first of all, in relation to group training, we're driving past, uh, picked my daughter up from school yesterday, 13 years old, and she says, Dad, that F45, Dad, is that really bad? And I said, no, it's not really bad. It's just it's just group training. You know, there's no individualization. And until the world learns how to individualize training, then it, it's limited. There is some limitations to what they're doing. Um, the analogy I'll give you is this. When you look out on the road, do you see a diverse range of motor vehicle brands on the road? Jason. Do I see a diverse range of vehicles on the road? Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah. So what's a bottom end brand in Canada? What's a bottom end, cheap end brand in Canada? Probably a Kia. Yeah, yeah a Kia. You guys have a Kia? Hyundai, I don't know, something like that. Um, what's a top end yeah. brand in Canada? Oh, it'd be any of those, you know, uh, locally, well, um, not fully top, but Tesla has become quite popular now. It's a little more pricey. Um, you know, you got, yeah, you got your higher end sports options. Porsche, Mercedes Benz, BMW. Yep. There's a, I think I've seen a Lamborghini around, you know, or two. Yeah. So there's no different. There are people who are willing <coughs> to spend more money on their motor vehicles than others. Now, motor vehicle is not a reflection of your wealth. It's a reflection of values. <coughs> Someone can be driving a, a, a luxury sports car and be leased to the hilt without to go bankrupt. But it's a reflection of the values. The bottom line is some people value spending more on a car. Maybe it's the driving experience, as BMW will tell you. <coughs> Maybe it's the chrome fittings that, that um, 
Mercedes relies upon. Maybe see new age energy source like Tesla is going with. But the bottom line is, if people demonstrate diversity and values in spending in a car, is it possible that they'll have the same value diversity on their on their body? Are you, are you asking me? I would say yes. Yeah, of course, yes. Yeah, I mean, you just haven't learned how to tap into that. Mm -hmm. So there's two ways you can do it. You can either live in a suburb, let's say South Bay suburbs in, in um, Los Angeles, where the average house is worth $1.5 million, the average disposable income is a quarter of a million a year, and that's the low end. Um, then people are probably willing to spend more money. Or you can do it by demonstrating value that individuals might recognise as being the only person in your town, in your province, and maybe even your country, that if they don't use you, they're fucked. So until you establish yourself as an indispensable service without competition, then you're always going to be stuck stuck in the price competition range. So the question is, have you done or are you competent enough, are you the person that people are saying that nobody else can do what you do? Now you might think that you are, but are people concluding that? Yeah, I think that's a fair question, yeah. There's two ways you can do that. You can do what some in Los Angeles do, which is bullshit, where purple hair rings through the nose, a lot of, you know, make yourself wacky with as many different weird tattoos. Like, you can try and stand out in the crowd, or you can just add value. So yeah. the approach that we teach in KSI is, um, as you become more competent, as you can add more value to humans, humans value you more. So it's no different than the old Zig Ziglar, you know, if you want anything in your life, you can have anything in life you want to provide you help other people like it they want. So um, or Jim Rohn would talk about bringing value to the marketplace. Don't bring your, you know, don't bring your problems to the marketplace. Bring, bring your skills and your value to the marketplace. So our goal is, whatever our clients value our set is a reflection of our, in part of our competency and the value we're adding to it. Now it's not, not, not just that, but it's a large part of that. So if we, we want to, if we want to have a greater earnings, or if we want to attract people who, can, who are willing to spend more money on us, we just need to show greater value. So. For me, a good client is someone willing to spend between 30 and 50 as an entry point on your year as an individual, I'm talking about, not even a pro athlete. Just So that gives you an insight into you know, Mike's sort of starting point with an, with a, with an avatar or a client. But that's something we'll teach you because our goal is to do exactly what you now realise you want to do. You want to, you want to have an hourly charging rate that allows you to work less Fulfill your your needs of feeling accomplished and feeling you're making a contribution to society, feeling that you're challenged, feeling that you enjoy yourself, but still have enough time in your day, in your week to pursue other activities, pursue other family family time, uh, develop other human gifts that you might have. And you can't do that if you're earning less than 100 bucks an hour. You know, it's only when you start getting out around the 200 bucks an hour and above that you can start saying, listen, 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week, I'm happy with that. Any more than that, and I start to get jaded. Um, you know, once, once you're up around there, quite simply, 200 bucks an hour, 20 hours of pillable hours a week is $200,000 a year. That's a good starting point. Part-time. 
So I just uh, muted out a little bit of background noise. So Jason, I'll bring you back on. So Jason, I don't know if I've answered the question or just piqued your interest a little bit further. What do you think? No, yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be, I think that's, um, again, I think you can, I've read that same material before, but reading is different from doing it. So again, I, I think when I'm, I mean, I was just throwing the question out there to be a bit of, uh, but it's a, it's, it's a very great answer and I'm looking forward to seeing that process. Um, yes. So that, that, you know what I mean? That's like just in general, like from, from seeing how to, like, as Ron mentioned, coaching speed, um, the bits. So that's, that's kind of where, you know, that the actual doing it is, I'm really looking forward to that. And, and, and a guru will, will, will shape their, their perception by saying, if you use 200 milligrams uh, combined with uh, product XYZ heated to 33.5 degrees and taken at 10.09 AM uh, standing on your head. Um, but the reality is that that's prescription. It's not a process. And that there are so many variables that contribute to the cause of ship that that simplistic approach doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work for you. Whatever is standing between you and fulfilling your potential is, is unique to you. And that's your journey, and that's something for you to discover. And our role as educators is to provide you with environments that help you discover uh, and, 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 and face and, and find solutions. And I can already see you doing that, which is why we're having this chat, because we've already seen you, that process is happening for you, even within the level two. Well, thank you. I, I guess it mirrors the example that Ron just offered as well for his buddy there. He did, he did much the same, it sounds like, for his his friend in Houston. Absolutely. You know, people people don't have any reality. They have no awareness of what is possible until you show them what is possible. And that's that's something that people have struggled a little bit with because, you know, you, you just don't tell someone they've got to have a different thinking. You've got to show them the possibilities. You've got, to, you've got to have a vision for them that is more than their vision for themselves and give them a glimmer of hope, change their perception of what's possible. And when they, when they embrace that possibility, and they engage you as a guide to fulfill that potential or, or to fulfill that vision, then you're, you're on something great. But you have got an onus of the burden to help people open their minds up to, listen, you can achieve more than this, and I'm going to give you a taste of what that achievement would look like. And that's not through false promises. That's not by saying that you know structural balance is determined by 75.4% of your pulling strength to your pulling, pushing strength, and that sort of bullshit. It's, you know, it's, it's not by false promises. It's by giving them a tangible experience that they intuitively connect to and say, yeah, I really trust this person. They know what they're doing and I want to, I want to invest more of my time and my resources with them as a professional. Hmm. Yeah, I, I get that re impression from your responses uh, to my quiz. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, see that, I see that approach in already. Um, with your responses. So again, I appreciate that. Good stuff. So as we uh, draw to an end of our little chat with Jason, I just, um, if there's any other coaches on the line, just put your hand up electronically speaking. I'm looking at the go-to webinar here. Um, I know we've had a few others join us, um, whether or not they're still on the line. But it looks like we do not have any further, uh, a flash there, no? The flash has gone away. Okay, so Jace, um, 
you've earned this chat. I've been really impressed with your work. You know, um, I, I don't remember our conversations back in 2000 at Swiss, but I'm not surprised. Um, you know, I, 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 tell, I can tell you who, who great coaches are. Great coaches are people who, who, who want to help, help people and, and you know, help people in the dark as in, it's not about when the light's on, it's not about when the camera's on or when, you know, when, when you're at the Olympic Games sort of shit. Um, it's just people who want to help people and that's how I started out and that's nothing will ever change. We just help people. Um, you know, we call it fancy stuff from time to time, but then they were just helping people and whether they're an athlete or a coach, um, we're doing so. You know, it's, it's great to hear that you received value from your interaction back in 2000. Um, you've been a great student and um, I, 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 hopefully you've seen my respect towards you as being a, you know, someone who's been around the block a few times and if, if, if I find anybody who was at my first Swiss presentation 20 years ago next year, or 20 years next year will be our 20th year um, of, 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 since my first presentation. Swiss, if I find anyone who's been there back in the 2001, you know, you, you probably end up with a special gift. Um, <laughs> if I'm presenting in Swiss next year, as a hint. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. I was a poor student then, so uh, it was hard, but I, I made the money to go over that. It was such a great conference. Yeah, I know what it's like to be poor and uh, make an effort to travel. Um, yeah. my, my distance is a bit further than yours um, to get to the North Americas. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be bringing uh, new book releases to Swiss next year if, I, if I'm there. Um, so be a good time. And you know, whether you're there or not, you're going to benefit from that release. Right on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. We did this on short notice. I appreciate you making yourself available. And uh, you, know, you are you are exactly, from what I've seen so far, the sort of person who's just soaking up what we do. And, and in part because you've had the life experience, you face a challenge, you're looking for the solution, and you, you see the possibilities of finding that solution in our guidance. So uh, it's, it's, the match is looking pretty good too far, so far. So we'll see whether you're in Park City in August in 2020. Great. Looking forward to it. And in the interim, encourage you and anyone else to interact um, on our Facebook private group page, which this video will go live on. Oh, it is live on now, but we will we'll load it up there. Um, and you know, interact as we as we have been doing um, as you go through and complete the level two. We'll be putting your, your congratulation post up very soon, I suspect, for your level two. Yeah, I think I just have one left. I just submitted the the, the one test, uh, the one quiz. I think I just have the spirituality left. And then the conclusion. Don't forget to do the conclusion. Yes, the conclusion, of course. Got to finish it. Yeah, just tick the box. That's it. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you again. And uh, thanks for Ron for the question as well. Well, appreciate Jason. Appreciate all the coaches that are on the call. Um, hope you're all given the opportunity to express yourself and look forward to doing this again and uh, look forward to meeting possibly Jason in Park City next year. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks again. Thanks, Chase. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.